Hi, everyone, and welcome to LeBeau's Life Lessons. Today, we are going to go on a ride, and this is going to be finishing up our series on psychological warfare. Now, if you're just joining this series and you haven't heard me speak on that, you missed a lot, but it's available on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Now, uh, let me show you what you missed. Uh, let's let's see what you missed. So the first week I went over 13 signs you're being manipulated. Then the three types of manipulators. The next time I went over the four most common manipulation tactics and, and objectives. And uh, then we went on to the most common phrases manipulators use and their meanings. And then today, we're going to go over ways to spot lies and in interrogate liars. Now, this is a topic that could be a whole book, right? But I'm going to give you like some main key things you can do and look for that you can use, um, you know, just along in life. It'll, it'll help you out in life. It's helped me. Now, if you are wondering, why do I know this information? Why do I have this information? I, I never was a cop. I never worked in interrogation, but I used to be a practicing therapist, and I educated myself on tactics, body language, micro expressions, macro expressions, and all of these things to understand my clients better and to make sure I could tell when they were lying to me to ensure that I actually caught them and addressed it when I needed to. And as a great side effect, I never forgot any of it, and I still use it. <laughs> so let me fix that, okay? Uh, so we're going to go over a lot. Someone said how to build... You want me to go over how to build very low self-confidence after a bad marriage? Well, you know, you guys make some great suggestions, and that's why this time I brought my notepad with me so I can write some of those suggestions down. Okay. I have a lot of um, great content out there that is confidence-related. Uh but that's very pointed. I like that topic, how to build up your confidence after a bad marriage. I'll, I'll, I'm taking note of that. Okay. All right, so if you aren't new here and you're joining me on TikTok, you know that sometimes we get hecklers in the beginning. <laughs> they can't stay on as long as I talk, so they usually run off after a little bit. So just ignore them. Don't go back and forth. Let's just stay focused because I need y'all focused on this. And uh, nice to see you, new people, Antoine. And uh, I'm very happy that you stopped by. Okay. We're going to get started, but I... I'm going to read a disclaimer, and I put this disclaimer on my website yesterday. And uh, now I told you that I was a former therapist, okay? I'm not practicing anymore. I continued my education, but I am not practicing anymore, okay? But because I speak with such authority on a lot of mental health-related topics, I get a lot of people who expect me to cite a lot of information. Now, tell me if you know any psychologist, even a licensed psychologist or therapist or counselor, that cites the decades worth of knowledge they have and resources for you. Or do you just listen to them and go and fact check, right? But people expect me to do that. So I'm letting everybody know. I'm not, I don't know. I, I may not read this every time I do a live podcast. 
but I'm just getting it out of the way because I think that I don't want people to mistake me for, for a psychologist either. Um, so I'm going to read that and then we're going to go, okay? All right, so this is the 2022 LeBeau's Life Lessons podcast show, copyright 2022 by me, LeBeau Cobra, all rights reserved. Now, this podcast is about the transformational power of strategic thinking and principled living. It is illegal to publish, document, and or sell any of the following content in any format. Storage of this information is not allowed without the exclusive permission of myself, LeBeau Colbert. Please see a practicing therapist and or licensed mental health professional for advice on diagnosis and treatment for mental health related inquiries. No legal responsibility of damage or damages or losses, whether directly or indirectly, will be incurred by the host of this show at any point in time. The content being presented is for entertainment purposes only. Any mention of companies, brands, or public figures aren't intended in any way to appear associated with this broadcast, products, or services by the host. Okay? I heard someone else say the other day, and I liked it, because they, they make content like mine. I am here to discern, not diagnose. So um, I welcome everybody to do their own research on everything I say. But I feel like I need to make that statement because today I'm going to be telling you a lot of things and um, I'm going to tell you a lot of things and you can use it, but I don't want you <laughs> coming to me with any type of consequence because, um, you know, you made some, some decisions and then you want to come and say, it's my fault. But what I'm going to say is powerful. And I also want to say next week we're getting into inherited trauma and I'm going to go deep into psychoanalysis of physiological signs, the s expressions that we manifest through our clothing, how we speak, and the things that we do to identify the behaviors that we have inherited, whether it was by nature, because of the way we were born, and or because of the way we grew up. And because I'm gonna be talking about such things, I need y'all to know that I'm going to be talking about psychology-related stuff, but I'm not diagnosing anybody. And a lot of the things I'm gonna say next week are gonna be hard to hear. I'm letting you know right now. But there's gonna be a lot tr of truth in it. And you know I'm all about conviction. We can't change if we're not convicted, okay? So it's about growth over here. I could have a lot of followers if I told everybody what they wanted to hear. If I told everybody everything they wanted to hear and told them they were going to be blessed and everything's going to go great and they're wonderful, I would have a lot of followers. But I don't do that because that does, that does not change anything. I'm not here to pacify people. Okay, let's get started. All right, so today we're talking about ways to spot lies and interrogate liars. Thank you so much for that support. All right, so there are lots of idiosyncratic gestures that we can analyze. And many of these things are analyzed by police officers. Anybody in law enforcement uses this so that they can, you know, interrogate people and get to the truth. Now, um, I'm going to first tell you the difference between an interview and an interrogation. Then we're going to move into um, the types of things you should be uh, concerned about, not concerned about, what do they mean, all these little gestures when you're talking to someone, you're trying to figure out the truth. Um, and then I'm going to show you how to put yourself in the best position to get the truth out of somebody, whether they want to tell that truth or not. Okay? All right. So let's go into that. Now, 
We're going to talk about a few categories. I'm going to I'm going to give you 25 body language signs that will show you somebody is lying or or could be lying to you when you're talking to them. Pick a few of them that, that you like. You don't have to memorize this, but remember this is this is available after this podcast. I'm going to you'll be able to hear it again. We're going to talk about I'm going to give you signs that are suspicious things that warrant investigation, like you have to go deep into it, deeper into it, something that's minimally concerning, something that is concerning, and then something that is threatening, okay? Because people can get threatening when you're trying to interrogate them. They get defensive, all right? Now, but before we go into any of that, I'm going to show you the difference between an interview and an interrogation. Now, let's say you have a really good hunch that someone you care about or someone you're dealing with is lying to you. You have a pretty good hunch. Now, the smart way is to not just go right at them and ask the question. Because if this person is systematically trying to manipulate you, they're just going to deny it, right? They're going to cover it up. You have to set the stage. But before you even set the stage, you're going to do an interview. This is a tactic that law enforcement use before they actually interrogate you. Now, the purpose of the interview is to give the person the opportunity to tell on themselves. You only move into the interrogation phase when they are holding back and you know they're holding back, okay? All right, now, um, I'm gonna give you a few tips, so get your pen and paper, okay? Get your pen and paper and make sure that you get ready to type this. I mean, I'll write this down. Okay. All right. The first thing you want to do before you even start interviewing them is you want to give them the opportunity. Yes, police do. <laughs> Somebody said police can openly lie to you during this process. Yes, but we're not here to talk about police. We're just using that as a as a reference. Okay. Um, stay focused on this because I don't want you to miss these things. All right. The first thing you want to do is give them the opportunity to tell you. So. You can, but you don't want it to be confrontational. Sometimes when people, when you have that energy that you're coming with, like you want to find the truth, people can feel that and they start to act nervous and they start to get defensive. So instead of doing that, make it a text or a phone call. And you reach out to them and you say, um, you know, I, I am feeling a certain kind of way about this or that. And I feel like you owe me an apology. If you just apologize for this, then we can move on. Now, sometimes they'll take the bait. Sometimes they won't. Maybe you apologize first and say, I want to say I'm sorry for doing this, that, and the other. And I wanted to be the first to apologize, but I also feel like I deserve an apology because I think that you did this to me and I don't and I'm not okay with that all right so ask them for an apology they may give you some clue that you are on to something right you're not going to get the whole truth but you are going to you may get a sign now let's just say that they don't go for that at all and they're like I don't I don't know what you're talking about I don't feel like I owe you an apology for anything right but you still know that something has occurred. Now you have to move into the interviewing uh, phase. Now, you want to put people in a position where you are controlling the environment and not the other way around. 
if you try to confront somebody in public or when a whole bunch of, of family or friends are around, that is not, you're not going to get what you want in that scenario. What you need is a time and a place where there is zero to little distraction. Not when you have kids walking around or family visiting or anything like that. It's got to be a place that doesn't have like any people or anything else that they can focus on. It has to be focused on you and them. This is the reason why when you are interrogated by police, they put you in a room that has no windows, it's dimly lit, and you can't see anybody else. They want that focus, okay? So you want to get them in a room where it's just you and them, okay? Now, there's other types of techniques you can use. Like they use this technique in interviewing, like interviewing for a job, where you have them sit in a chair that's lower than you and you stand or you sit higher than they are and it projects this uh, superiority. But sometimes um, what police like to do is sit you down in a place where you can't move, but they can. So they can move back and forth as they please and walk back and forth. So you can also do that. You could just say, um, let's, let's sit down and let them sit down and then you stand back up, okay? All right. Now, when you have established that, this is another tactic. Make them wait for you, okay? Make them wait. So, for instance, you say, um, can you go in this room? I want to talk to you about something. I'm coming right behind you. I just have to do something. Let them sit there and let them calm, right? You know, they may say, well, what do you, what is this, what do they want to talk about? Oh, I know it's this, and I, I, I know it's about to be some mess, and blah, 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 blah. But give them some a chance for their mind to wander here and there, and it's not just like direct, direct, direct. This is also a tactic, right? Okay, give them, give them a chance to, like, let their guard down before you go. After that, you want to completely throw them off by being pleasant instead of being angry. If they expect that you are upset with them, they're already going to be tensing up and in fight mode mentally. So instead, do what the police do and or therapists do and build rapport. When a counselor meets you for the first time, whether it's a psychologist, a counselor, a therapist, or whatever, we have to do something called building rapport. And it's just making that person feel comfortable with us. We mirror them, we find different things to compliment them on, or find some, some way to relate to them in a certain kind of way, just to take them their minds off of the pressure that they feel is about to happen. Okay, so you can, you can compliment them on something or talk about something unrelated. Police will offer you a drink or something to eat, right? You can do whatever, but do something to make them at ease, okay? And, and I want to stop right here just to say this. I know that the things that I'm saying seem deceitful, but I want you to understand, if, you don't, if you're not aware of these types of tactics, you will not be aware when somebody is using it on you. Keep listening, because one of the things that I've learned out of all of the psychological manipulation and persuasion tactics I've learned, the one key thing to know is if you're not aware, you're missing out because people are doing it to you. They are. You're just not catching it because you're not informed. Okay. Um, somebody's saying, nah, I did this without trying as a survival instinct. I don't know what that means, but everybody is different, and sometimes people need to hear how to work them themselves through a situation like that, okay? Now, after you have built rapport, um, you're giving them another opportunity to tell you the truth, okay? 
ask them to describe something first that they won't lie about. Say like, uh, oh, you took the kids out the other day. What, what did, where did y'all go? How was that movie? Or tell me about that movie. What you're trying to do is establish a baseline of what they look like when they're telling the truth. And this is something that therapists do because they don't know you. They don't know, they don't know the culture you're coming from. There's a lot of things. They don't know if you talk with your hands. Don't talk with your hands. They don't know if you, 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 have, you naturally look down when you talk or, or if you naturally tilt your head this way when you talk. They want to understand what you look like when you're not lying so that they can tell when you are lying. And you have to establish this very quickly, okay? So... Once you know what they look, and some of you, you got, you, you know, you've been with these people for years, so you know what they look like when they're telling the truth, but sometimes you don't, okay? So you want to establish what they look like when they're telling the truth. Now, ask them to describe the scenario in question. If you wanted to know where they were last night, um, ask them, so tell me again about, we're still in the interview phase, we're not interrogating yet. Tell me about what happened last night. Where were you? Okay. Let them describe it. Now, there's a few things you can look for, okay? Um, in this, in this uh, situation, when someone's uh, lying, they're going to give you a lot of insignificant details. Sometimes they try to stare at you really hard in the eye because they think that that means that you're going to believe them. But there is a way that you can wear this person down, and I'm going to tell you in a second. But you're allowing them to describe it, and what you want to look for two things. The first thing is, if they're giving you too many details. The second thing is, if anything they say does not make logical sense. If you feel like your face, your nose is like scrunching up and your eyes are squinting, if you're leaning forward and your head is tilted to the right, that is your signal, your body is picking up that something is not adding up. Do you get that? your body will pick up when something is not adding up, okay? When there is confusion in the story, there means that they've, they've left something out. They've left it out. And when this otherwise, uh, unless they're playing dumb and faking their personality, unless it's, you know, when this otherwise intelligent person now is doing things in this scenario that is in question and it doesn't make sense all of a sudden, they're, they're acting out of character. That's your sign that you need to investigate deeper and you need to start looking at what their body language is saying and that's what I'm going to go into. Okay. Now, let's say that they... Try to simplify it. They're not really giving you any anything. They're really short, and they don't, they're like, you know, oh, I just went to so-and-so. Also, listen to the word just. I cannot tell you how many times the word just has told on people to me. Just is a word that people use when they feel you are prodding and they are trying to block you. I was just hanging out with the boys. I just came in here to do this. I wasn't doing that. I just went to go check this. Just is a brick wall. See it that way. So anytime somebody uses when I ask someone a question and they use just in the sentence, my red flag goes up and lets me know that there's something they're trying to protect from me. Okay? 
Now, law enforcement also uses handwriting analysis. When they get you to write a, uh, a written statement, they analyze it. They can tell where you're telling the truth and where you're telling the lie in the statement because your handwriting flow changes. Now, if y'all want me to do um, like a TikTok or something that shows you how to read handwriting, uh, handwriting analysis, there's a lot of things you could tell by the way people write. But just as, just as a note, guys, here's one, here's one tactic you can use, right? Maybe you you know that this person is going to get real defensive. S write them a letter and say, you know what? I don't want us to argue, so I'm here. You, I'm writing how I feel. You write down how you feel or answer this question for me. And if they take the time to write it, you'll be able to tell whether or not they're lying because their pattern will change. So let's say, for instance, I'll, I'll show you for those who are watching. Let's say, for instance, um, I'm just going to scribble here. Okay, you see this? This this is an example. This is just patterns, right? You see, wiggle, 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 It's like a lie detector test because it's when you lie in a in mid sentence, your hand your pattern changes because you have to start being creative. And your handwriting picks that up. Okay? And whenever you see that in the handwriting pattern, you can circle that, whatever, that statement that they said, and then investigate more. Okay? Now, let's say you've gone through all of this and you feel you're not, you're still not getting to the truth. Where did I learn all of this? Books? in documentaries and online courses and everything over several years. Actually, the handwriting part I had been learning since I was in junior high school. I have always been a nerd and I've always been interested in these things. This is why when people ask me uh, well, prove that. Where did you hear that? Or how do you know that? I mean, reading for years, researching. I mean, what else can I say? And let me tell you, you guys something else. Never, ever, ever believe that a college degree is enough. Because even when you have all of those certifications and licenses, you're going to be like, well, I mean, for mental health profession, you're like, wait, is this really all? Is this what they let people diagnose people with? Like, this is it? This is all? Like, I thought there would be more. Once I was done, I, like, I was getting certifications back to back. And once I was done, I was like, there's got to be more. And there is. But when it comes to courses and certifications, they only give you the basic level, right? Um, if you want to learn more outside of that, you're going to have to do that on your own. So when people think that you can only know something if you're in some kind of course and you completed some kind of class, that's very limiting. Because if you really knew how very little they teach in those classes, you will understand and respect somebody that goes an extra mile and keeps learning because they want to learn. Because a lot of you know people can make the decision and just collect their money and don't do their due diligence and just slap whatever type of answer on you and they they don't even know what they're really talking about and they don't care to learn more and I'm I've seen it and I've witnessed it okay and they're living good okay uh, somebody said 
Right. It's, this is all human nature. Okay. All right. So let's say, let's say we went through all that. It's time to ask open questions now. It's time to get into the interrogation phase. Now, it's time to present evidence. Now, you know how some people are. Yeah, you can ask, and I'm going to, uh, if you ask whatever you, you want to ask, and then I could answer it now. If not, I'll answer it later. Um, I'm not going to admit to anything unless you show them receipts. Now, maybe you don't have concrete evidence. That's the reason why you're interrogating them in the first place, because you don't have concrete. But that doesn't stop law enforcement. So they'll even pretend that they have information on you. They'll stack, they'll sit a file on a desk with your name on it. It has nothing in there, but they're going to say, I have this, all this. Are you sure? Are you sure? You want to stick to your story? Okay. So, um, you know, if you have screenshots, you know, you can use those. But basically, you want to present evidence, all right? Now, sometimes that'll break them. You present evidence, and they say, okay, all right, well, this has gone too far. You know, I'm, I'm just going to be straight up with you. Great. Case closed, job's done. Very easy. Um, somebody says, I believe my best friend slept with my ex. How do I go about this? Listen, re-listen. I think you came in late. I'm going to post this, and um, you can find it. Just go to my website or go wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, somebody said not everyone should go into psychology. It irks my soul when people do it just because they can. Yeah, you know, I guess so. All right, so we're going to present evidence. Now, as, as, as um, annoyed as you might be at this point, because now you've presented evidence and they're still not giving you what you need, you feel insulted at this point because you're like, you're still going to lie to me even after I'm showing this. You may be jump, ready to jump up and down, scream, or do whatever, right? But you have to stay calm. That is the key. Stay calm. All right? Stay calm. Because what the next step is act like you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. You're giving them an out and try to almost justify what they've done. You could say something like, I know we've been going through a lot lately, and I wouldn't blame you because you, you're a human being, and I know I've been tough on you. I would not blame you if you've had a moment of weakness. I've, I've been weak before, and we are just human. I just want to move on from this, and I feel like we can only move on if we are both coming from a truthful place. So, you know, as long as you feel comfortable enough with telling me how, the truth about how you really feel and how I've really hurt you enough for you to feel like you had to go somewhere else to get your needs met, then, um, you know, I am willing to forgive. I am willing to forgive and move past that as long as you are being truthful with me this time. Okay? And we can just move on. We just need to discuss this, right? So if you put it to them that way and you're giving them an out and justifying their behavior so they don't have to justify it, that would break down a wall for them to feel at ease like you're now giving them the chance to lift that burden because some of them want to tell you the truth. They, they want to get it off their chest. If they're not the type to, you know, do this type of stuff often, they actually are carrying it around as a burden. I'm not saying all of them are like this, but I'm just saying some people don't like to carry that. And so make them feel like they're doing the right thing. And that's the next thing, okay? Um, give them the idea that you're not going to give them the consequences they thought they were going to get, okay? If they thought you were going to leave them, you could just say, 
you know, I said that I would not, like in the past, I know I said that that's a deal breaker for me, but I feel like we've gone through so much. It's, it's, it's something I can overcome now. You know? It's something I can overcome. I feel like I've matured since I said that. And so you want to give them the idea that you're not going to give them the consequences. This is, you know, they're going to they're going to make it all scot-free, okay? Now, if it looks like they're about to tell you the truth, this is when you move in. Okay? You move in. At first you were standing over them, you were being domineering, you were being superior, now you move in. And you just, you know, you pat them on the shoulder or you hug them or hold them and say, you know, let's just, let's move past this. Mm -hmm. And then after they feel like this is the best decision to make for, for both you and them, they may tell the truth or some of it. Now, let's say they don't. Let's say they don't tell the truth after all of that. They're still holding on. Okay. Now it's time to maximize. Now, first you minimize. Everything's cool. I'm not going to leave you. Blah, 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 blah. No consequences, right? If that didn't work, now you can say, okay, I still feel like you're holding on to something and I cannot move on with you if you won't tell me the truth. See, if you were to tell me the truth and I didn't like the truth, I can get over that. But if you want to lie to me, I cannot get over that. And that is something that will make me cut all ties with you and we'll be done for good. Okay? Now you turn it all the way up and give them all the consequences because if, if they aren't feeling like they're gaining something from telling the truth. Now they need to feel like they're going to lose something if they don't tell the truth. Okay? Some people only do things with the potential for the potential to gain or the threat of loss. So if they don't respond to the potential to gain, you have to give them the threat of loss. Now, they should tell the truth. Nothing is guaranteed. But that's the interviewing and the interrogation. Now we're going to move on to the body language. Okay? We're going to move on to the body language. Now I'm going to give you suspicious first. All of the things I'm about to say, this is 25 things to look for. I'm going to give you what's suspicious first, and then we'll move on to the other things. Okay, suspicious behavior. Now, when you're interrogating them and or interviewing them, whatever you're doing, these are the things that highly suggest that this person is lying to you, okay? The first thing is they're covering parts of their face with their hands, or they're stroking their face or their neck, okay? This is when somebody is trying to hide distress. So if they are, um, if they are, you know, touching their nose, that's a big one. If they are massaging their head, if they are massaging their beard, if they're massaging their neck or playing with their jewelry, that is a sign that they are in high distress. They're trying to calm themselves down without looking too obvious. The second thing is covering the mouth. Now, this is usually a move that a person does when they aren't natural liars. There are some people who are pathological liars, okay? So you're not going to see these signs from them. But a person who doesn't lie often is going to be like this. And now sometimes you see people do that when it's not, they're not being interrogated, but something is going on and they're doing this. This sign means that somebody has something to say and they're trying to stop themselves from telling the truth. 
They're trying to stop themselves from blurting it out. So they're guarding their mouth, okay? This is, when you see this sign, that means, and you're interrogating them, that means they want to tell you the truth. They really do. So you have to take your time, okay? That means that they, they might be ready to crack, okay? Now, smirking. Smirking. When you're accusing somebody and they feel like they're going to get away with it and you don't have enough evidence, they're going to smirk. They're going to give a one-sided smirk. Okay? However they do it, you know what a smirk looks like. That's how you know that they feel like you don't have anything on them. Maybe they know you're bluffing. Maybe they know that you don't really have enough evidence. So they're smirking because uh, they, they know that they could get away with it, okay? Turning their back. Now let's say that you're lying in bed and you're talking about something, and now you've, you've, you've made the accusation and they roll over. That is shielding. That is a huge shielding sign. Anytime someone does something to protect the torso, they're shielding, okay? So if they, they cross their arms, or I don't want to give away too much, but if they turn, turn over from you and they turn their back on you, it's, it's literally like hiding for cover, okay, taking cover. Um, they feel like, you know, fiery darts are coming from your mouth, okay? Um, let's see. Looking at the floor. Whenever somebody is looking at the floor, whether you're accusing them of something or if you're talking about something that is going to make them cry or ashamed of themselves, they're going to look down at their shoes or the floor. Okay? That's how you know when somebody is about to cry or they're getting emotional or they are ashamed of themselves. But a person that's lying to you may not be ashamed. So, don't think, oh, they didn't look at the floor, so they weren't lying. No, they just may not be ashamed of what they did. Okay. Flat effect. So flat effect can just be like this. It's when somebody is not giving you anything because they don't want you to read them. So they're just going to be, are you done? Are you done? Believe me, they have emotions about it. But they're not gonna they're they're trying to stonewall you, okay? That means that they are hiding something. Okay, so don't take that as uh don't take that as um oh well they didn't show me any signs. No, that is a sign. No sign is a sign. Okay. Let's see. Flipping hair or removing hats. So if if you're interrogating me and I have a hat on, you'll see a lot of men, like, readjust their hat or take their hat off. It's like letting off steam. This is them trying to cool their body temperature down because their heart is racing. So a woman, she'll flip her hair, she'll run her hands through her hair because she's trying to relieve the heat, get the heat off of her, right? Okay, she's getting hot because her heart is racing and she's getting nervous. Um, when eyebrows are coming together like this, it doesn't necessarily mean confused. It could mean angry. So if they don't like what you're saying and they're doing this, they may not be confused. They may be getting mad at you. So that also is kind of borderlining a threat attack, right? Like they may be getting ready to get aggressive with you. A late head shake or the opposite head shake. This is one of the biggest ones right here, okay, guys? Pay attention to this. If somebody says, um, no, I didn't go with Sarah yesterday, that's the opposite of no. The body is telling on them. I love you so much. I really do. My head is saying no. Do you get what I mean? 
You see actors do this a lot in movies because they're not acting believably. And how you tell is that their body is not agreeing with the statement. Great actors' bodies agree with the statement they make because they believe it's true in their own minds. That's the key to great acting. Okay? But see, look for the body disagreeing or a delayed head shake. It's kind of like... Um, I was out with the boys yesterday. That's a lie. Delayed. Basically, you're looking for something that is off, not lining up. Somebody said passive-aggressive reactions revealing how they really feel. Um, yes, we'll get into that, too. Repeating the question or repeating the reply. Repeating the question or repeating the reply. Um, I said I went with my friend. I said I went with my friend. I said I went with my friend. And they won't let you get a word in because they're covering. They're covering. Why you keep asking me that? Why you keep asking me that? Why you keep asking me that? When you see somebody repeating, they're deflecting. Highly suspicious. Now, Here's one, remember I told you there's a way you can wear a person down. This person is going on an emotional ride from the moment you told them to go in the room and wait for you, for you to all the way up through this moment. They're going up and down. Now, you are easing them into a position of truth where you're make, it's, it's, like you're, it's like you're sifting through the lies and the truth is going to be left right? Um, one way to do this is you repeat the question. See if you get a different answer. The truth is consistent. Switching up stories reveals there's something missing. There's something you don't know. So if you said in the beginning, um, so where were you last night? And then you talk for about five minutes, and then you say, so you were with your friends last night. Find different ways to phrase it, but you're asking the same question to see if there's a change in their body language or their answer. Okay? And finally, on the suspicious list is giving too many details or irrelevant details. Um, so when you say... Um, if, uh, let's say, your money is missing and you think it's a relative that's been living with your, in your house that's stolen, and you ask them, um, uh, when, when's the last time you seen my purse? Oh, I saw your purse. The last time I saw your purse was yesterday, and I was watching that show, um, Love and Marriage Huntsville, and I was eating popcorn, and, um, and girl, you know who called me? It was um, Tasha had called me, and yeah, and so we were talking about this. And, like, nobody asked you all that. They're doing that to distract from the truth, okay? It's a tactic. Okay, now, let's move into minimally concerning behavior. Minimally concerning. So, these are things that say you, they could be lying, but... They also could be just nervous, all right? Now, just to let you know, when somebody talks with their hands, they're usually honest people. Open palms, honest person. Open body, honest person. Closed off, closed off person, hiding something. Hiding hands, hiding something. Remember that, the hands and the, and the body language, covering the torso, opening the torso. If I'm talking to you like this, you know I'm telling the truth because I'm not trying to protect myself from anything. I don't feel attacked because I am being open, right? I don't have anything to hide. That's what this body language means, nothing to hide, okay? Now, um, when somebody gives you a shrug, there, there is a shrug that's like this, and then there's a shrug like this. 
Shrug like this means they don't know. Shrug like this means they might. One-sided shrug means they might know. If you say, where's my money? Mm, they might know. Okay? Someone said, what if they hold both your hands and offers a hug? Um, if they hold your hands while you're interrogating them or questioning them? Now, I wouldn't allow them to do that. You have to be in a position where you can observe, okay? If they're holding your hand, then, you know, or if they randomly ask for a hug. Now, I've never seen that happen, but it, to me, it seems like a deflection. Oh, baby, baby, come on, come on, come on, come on. Why are you so mad? Come on, calm down, calm down. Deflection. I have seen that, okay? Um, okay, now let's go into <clears throat> concerning. So we went from, uh, <clears throat> sorry, we went from suspicious to minimally concerning. Let's go to concerning. Now, when somebody has their hands on their hips, that means that they feel very confident in what they're saying. Now, that may be confident that they're telling the truth, or it could be confident like, I'm, I'm running this. Like, you, you're not going to conquer me with this. So that, that means confidence, but we don't know which way it's going. Hand steepling, like this. If it's covering the mouth, they're hiding something. If they're just holding them like this, it could be that they're confident. But sometimes people do this because they're confident that they are in control of the situation. You get what I mean? They're confident that they still got this. Okay? If you see stuttering, sweating, clearing throat often, that means that they're nervous. Could be nervous that because they're lying, or they could just be nervous because they're afraid but it is concerning. This is when you need to get, dig a little bit deeper. Now, <clears throat> when I say move a little deeper, let's go into warranting investigation. Now, this behavior warrants deeper investigation. Now, one of these, one of these tactics, I actually um, don't understand the science behind it, but the research still suggests that it's true, even though we don't know why. Now, we know that people cross their ankles when they're trying to sit comfortably. But usually when someone crosses their ankles and is drawn back, they are drawing back from you. When people put their feet closer to you, it means they like you. The closer the feet are is the more they want to kind of lean in to you and what you're doing. When they draw their feet all the way back is because they feel very guarded against you and what you're saying. Now, if they cross their ankles, that means that they're guarded. But if they cross their ankles and they are covering their groin area and or twisted to the side where their groin area is like protected or they put a purse there or they put their hands there, sometimes that means that they're hiding a, a salacious secret, that the secret in question has to do with the opposite sex or something that's sexual in nature. This is also something evident in when you look at people's pictures and you see how they pose and when they kind of like tilt away their groin area or cover their groin in the picture, sometimes that means that they're trying to protect themselves from a flirtation or from some type of, um, you know, revelation of their sexuality. Okay. 
Someone said if they clear their throat, what if they clear their throat often? Could it just be a health issue? If you know them to clear their throat a lot, and that's how they are when they're telling the truth, that's not a sign you would look for. We establish the baseline first of what they look like and sound like when they're telling the truth so that we can identify what's out of the ordinary. Um, another one that I didn't write down is head tilting. Um, when people tilt their head to the right, they are trying to understand something. When they tilt their head to the left, they're thinking of something else or they're trying to make something up. When their eyes look up and to the right, usually unless they're left-handed, they are trying to remember something they saw. So when they're telling you a story and they're looking up here, if they're right-handed, they're trying to remember what they saw. If they're looking to the right towards their ear, they're trying to remember what they heard. If they do the opposite, they're trying to make up something they heard or something they saw. Somebody said, what about the scratching the head? Scratching the head is confusion, frustration. Um, let's see. Okay. The next thing is crossing the arms. Crossing the arms is defense, okay? They feel defensive, okay? So they feel attacked. That warrants more inf in investigation. Placing a purse or an object between you or covering their belly with a pillow or anything like that, another, I'm on a defense mood. I am trying to protect myself from you because I feel threatened by you. Again, we don't know if this is because they are telling a lie or if they're just nervous. Someone says, when I'm asking them a question is always a distressed sigh before they respond. <sighs> to me, it seems like a distraction. If someone says, I already told you, right? Or they feel like you've asked them that over and over again. It's, it could be exacerbation or it could be a, a distraction. If they're, repeating like, if they're repeating what they're saying like, um, I already told you. Well, you're just telling me, you're just repeating what you already said. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a deflection. Somebody said, what about looking you straight in the eye and rarely blink? This is a, it's a common tactic. Okay, now let, let's put it this way. If I'm talking to you and I'm telling you the truth and I am tell, I'm, I'm speaking honestly with you, I am going to make eye contact with you. Now, when you're dealing with a person that's on the autism spectrum, that's different because people who are on the autism spectrum rarely look in the eyes. But if you're dealing with a neurotypical person and they look, they're looking you in the eye, it doesn't mean that they're lying. But if they're like, I told you, I was with my boys, and we decided that we was going to stop over at Trey's house, and we fell asleep. And then when I realized what time it was, I said, I'll just stay here tonight. Right? Okay? I already told you. When they are doing that and they're, they're going overboard, that's extra. That is a distraction, and I wouldn't believe it. Let me tell you something, babe. If somebody's rolling their eyes at you, they don't like you. You don't have to worry about them lying to you because they don't like you. People who don't like you typically do lie to you. And if you feel like somebody is lying to you, that's enough. Somebody says, what about not saying anything for some minutes, even after me repeating the question over and over again? <laughs> this is a person that I want
want to talk to you offline because I want to get more information before I say the wrong thing. Yeah, somebody says reinforcing lies with physical aggressive behavior. Yeah. Huh. They said the exact that exact lie, just different names. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, someone says, No, I've never behaved that way. Someone said, uh, if they don't like you, they'll likely lie to you. Yeah. But I do I do want to talk to you offline because I want to make sure that I understand this person's baseline. Mm-hmm. Somebody says it seems like they're trying to conjure up their story before speaking. And that's sometimes what they're doing. They're trying to look for an explanation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see. We talked about crossing our arms, placing a purse, protecting the, the torso. No eye contact whatsoever. Lying or nervous. Usually when somebody won't make eye contact with you at all is because they are talking trash about you. And in this type of scenario, especially if you're talking about cheating, they can't look you in the eye because they've been out telling lies about you, which is something that a person often does when they are cheating with somebody else. They're they're go they're talking about you and then they come at home, they come back to your house and they can't look you in the eye. And that just goes for anybody in your life. You know, now there's, like I said, there's some people who are pathological liars. They always been lying. So they can look you right in the eye. They can do all kinds of stuff with you and for you. There's so much to this. There's so many layers to it. Um, squinting the eyes. Squinting the eyes means they don't like what you said. So that means they may be um, about to get aggressive, which is my final one. The final one is threatening behavior, and that is them getting defensive, loud, angry, throwing stuff, raging, deflecting, lying. Um, that's lying, okay? When you're doing all of that, it's a huge distraction. So if somebody is, listen... If somebody is doing all of that, then stop worrying about catching them in the, the thousand lies that they're lying to you. You have a big problem on your hands, and it's not just their lies. That's just one of the many things you're probably dealing with. So you just need to cut your losses. Somebody says, I learned some of this body language behavior. Some of, yeah. So, so even though I'm nervous, I'll remove things from my lap. Mm -hmm. Someone says, there's two people I work with that refuse to look in the eyes because I don't respect them. Mm -hmm. I've, I've learned over the years to be direct. Lying is easy. Mm. Someone says, I'm so glad I came across your page because everything you said, I said, I always felt and knew years ago. Mm -hmm. and someone said, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. So I, before I leave the studio today, I'm going to hurry up and upload this. Now, um, next time we're going to be talking about inherited trauma. And I'm going to teach you how to analyze people on site. And I know it's going to anger a lot of people. But I'm going to teach you it anyway because it's something that you need to know. Um, I'm not like the typical content creator or influencer that is just looking for anything to do anything and to say anything to get a lot of followers. I'm here to tell the truth. My purpose is to set God's daughters free. I'm one of the many people who are very passionate about that. And I'm going to be on my job because I know that there is many people that are on their job using you, lying to you, manipulating you, and hurting you. And I want to be on my job putting forth any information I can that I feel like is good for, to be in your toolbox against all of this stuff. Yes, we're going to talk about parental trauma on that. 
Thank you so much, Kathy. Um, it's going to be hard to hear. And, 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 and you know what? To make it easier, to make it easier, this is going to be a really long series. I can, al I can already tell. Um, to make it easier, anytime we, I run into something that's me, I'll say so. Yes, I do this every Sunday. I'll say so. I'll tell on myself because I want to let you know that I'm also working to better myself right along with you. So um, let's grow together. Okay, guys. Girl, where you can buy my clothing? Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that. I'm wearing my daughter's dress today. <laughs> I bought her this dress, and um, I don't know. I I shop at like H and M, um, just basic places. I don't I don't wear designer clothes. But thank you so much, guys, for hanging out. Remember, you can change if you really want to. And we are going to do this together. I'll see y'all next time. I'm so excited. I cannot wait till next week. Some people are going to be mad at me, but somebody's going to appreciate it. All right. See y'all. Bye.